Today, uh, I was absent last week, our family battle COVID, and we are better now, and so we're at the end of our protocols, and uh, it is just great to be back out and about and to feel good and to have the energy restored and all of those good things. Of course, I wasn't here last week, but uh, of course, I uh, went to annual conference and uh, uh, learned that both Pastor Jacqueline and Pastor Dwight are returning for another year. We have be, been reappointed. Um, <laughs> As I told in the early service, you can clap or you can boo, whichever is your preference. Uh, it always makes some happy and it makes some sad, I guess. But anyway, it is great to be back and it's great to be gathered together here this morning to worship. I want to share with you some uh, passages out of the Scripture. And as I read these Scriptures, I want you to be looking for the word bless. Look for the word bless. See what it says about bless. So we begin in Genesis chapter 1, verse 21. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And skipping down to verse 27. God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And then from Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the Israelites, and you shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Let's pray. Father, today we invite you to speak to us in a way that we can understand. Father, this matter of blessing, help us to understand more fully, Lord, what it's all about. And Lord, let us be a people who live into your blessings and bless the world around us. For we make our prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Now, this morning we're at the beginning of a sermon series called Bless Your Heart. Y'all have never heard that language, have you? Bless your heart. Now, if you happen to be a transplant into the south and you've moved maybe from up north or you've moved from the Midwest or the West Coast, you've probably learned that bless your heart can mean many different things. Is that right? Isn't that right? Uh, it depends on who's saying it, how it's said, when it's said, the emphasis on a particular syllable, and even then you don't always get it right. But I want you to watch this little video clip to give us a fuller understanding of what bless your heart means. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Once we get married, he won't be watching as much football. Bless her heart. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, hey, guys. Hey, y'all. 
Next one. Next time. Next time. The last ten is hard. <laughs> Bless her heart. <laughs> oh. oh, come on. This is hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that you have a feel for bless your heart, and of course you'll learn more and more about bless your heart. But do you know that blessing in the Bible is as common as is bless your heart in the South? As a matter of fact, blessings fill this book. In the Old Testament, the principal Hebrew word that's translated to bless and its synonyms and the narratives about that word are used over 400 times in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, there are two principal Greek words that are used that are translated bless, blessed, to bless. And that, those words are used some hundred times in the New Testament. Now, you may not realize this, but any time there is a word or concept that's used over 500 times in the Bible, that is very frequent use. Now, you heard in the Scripture reading that we find bless very early in the Bible. In the book of Genesis, verse 22, we find that God had created all the sea creatures and the creatures of the air, and it says that God blessed them. You turn over to the back of your Bible in the book of Revelation, the very last chapter, just a few verses before the final amen of Revelation, and you find John writing these words. Blessed are those who wash their robes so they will have the right to the tree of life and enter the city by the gates. Now, given these facts and these statistics, it is safe to say that blessing is central to the Scripture. It is a very, very important topic. As a matter of fact, the theme of blessing can be seen in all the major themes of the Bible, from salvation to creation to healing to ministry to, uh, to God speaking to people. You see, blessing is just woven in to nearly every aspect of the Bible. Now, doesn't that just bless your heart? Doesn't that just bless your heart? No, that blessing is so prominent in the Bible. Very, very central to what the Bible is about. And yet, despite the common nature of blessing, I, don't, I can't remember a time when I preached a sermon exclusively about blessing or a sermon series on blessing, nor can I remember ever having heard a sermon series on blessing. So I'm looking forward to this month and the next month during this summer as we talk about bless your heart. It's very important. So we have to start, of course, with thinking about what does it mean to bless? Now, on this day, this day of Father's Day, uh, we need to realize that there was an ancient practice found in the, among the Hebrew culture and in Scripture that was very important when it comes to blessing. Fathers would bless their children. 
Now, it was a very ritualized kind of thing. It wasn't just sort of a pat on the head and say, bless you, child. It was a formal blessing that was imparted. Abraham blessed Isaac, Isaac blessed Jacob, and Esau, well, he kind of blessed Esau. We'll kind of get into that story at another time, I guess. Um, Jacob uh, blessed his sons, and he blessed a couple of his grandsons. And we see that practice of fathers imparting to their children blessings. We also find that God blesses people. We found that here in Genesis chapter 1, that God imparts blessing. And we find this passage from out of uh, Numbers where God calls on priests to bless the people. So people in ministry positions are to bless others. And then interestingly enough, there's another flow of blessing that happens in Scripture. People bless God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, wrote the psalmist, and all that is in me. Bless His holy name. So you find that blessing in Scripture is flowing in many different directions, flowing from above, flowing out from each other, flowing among each other, flowing back to God. Blessings are all overflowing in multiple directions. Now, often when we hear a blessing in Scripture... It has the feel of being a wish or a prayer. A wish or a prayer. Take, for example, the blessing that Isaac pronounces on Jacob. Listen to these words. May God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. That has that feel, doesn't it, of being a wish for his son, a prayer for his son. In the New Testament, one of the key words, the Greek words that's used, literally means to speak good words, has in essence that feel of wish or prayer. And yet, we know and understand that blessings are more than a prayer, hope you have a nice day, or a, a desire, hope you have a nice day. There's something fuller about that. Uh, Jeff Anderson, in his uh, dense book, The Blessings and Curse, and by the way, I'm very much indebted to Jeff's work on this, uh, he says that blessings in the Bible are performative utterances. Performative utterances. Yes, it's something that is spoken, but yet there's something that is performed not only in the speaking, but in the impartation of that blessing. Now, I'm a grandfather, as many or all of you know, and I'm very proud of that. And Patty and I, as grandparents, have the desire to bless our grandchildren. Matter of fact, two of our grandchildren are here, Anna and Isaiah. They're in the process of moving up to the Virginia, which makes us kind of sad. But anyway, our desire is to bless our grandchildren. And we do that sometimes, and we'll say things to bless them. But we also do things to bless our grandchildren. When Anna, our oldest, was born... We said we want to, to be sure that when our grandchildren come along, we want to help their parents send them to college if they choose to do so when they graduate. 
And so Patty and I set up accounts for all five of our grandchildren at their birth, put some money in those accounts, these educational accounts, and then every, every since, every month, we put in a designated amount to each grandchild's accounts so that they can go to college and be blessed by that. Now, I want you to hear this. God has the power to deliver on His blessings to His creation and to us. God's blessings are not empty pronouncements, but are announcements of what God has already done, making possible to us great benefits that flow from the Father. God has the resources to bless us, to bless the world, to bless creation, is already in place. You see, His blessings are performative utterance. He's already put it into place. When God blesses, God delivers on this desire for well-being. The author of Hebrews in the New Testament understood this when he writes about Abraham. He writes, God said, he's saying this to Abraham, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. That blessing to Abraham. And then he goes on. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Okay? Two important lessons in that little verse. And it's this. God delivers on his blessings God has the resource and power to do so. And secondly, it is done in God's timing. When God said to Abraham, you're going to be the father of many people, it wasn't the next day that Sarah got pregnant and then nine months later had a baby. It didn't happen like that, did it? It's a very different story. But God delivers on his promises, on his blessings in God's timing. Now, what's involved when it comes to to blessing. What are blessings anyway? When God says, I will bless you, what is God saying? Well, I think the key to understanding biblical blessings are essentially heard in the scripture lesson that I used because here we find the nature of God's blessing. So, when God created the, the fish of the sea, when God created the birds of the sky, and when God created us who bear God's image, us that we call ourselves human beings, we find the nature of God's blessing. It says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. You see, on a fundamental level, God's blessing is about biological production. It's about producing fruit. It's about producing more. And we see that encoded into nature itself, don't we? I mean, any day, walk onto our campus in the evening, and you'll wonder how in the world could there be as many geese as there are. <laughs> and by the way, I don't like geese. I'm just going to confess that up front. But God's made geese to be very productive. Very productive. And then look at human beings. Golly, there's over 7 billion of us on this planet. 
God has built in to his creation this blessing of production. But I have to tell you, it seems that when you read the whole of Scripture about God's blessing, that it is much broader, much deeper than just biological production. Because God wants us to be fruitful and creation to be fruitful in its every endeavor. God wants what you put your hands to, what you put your mind to, what you put your back into, what you put your heart into, to be fruitful and productive. God wants us to prosper. And I'm not just talking about people who live in Udawa. I'm talking about people around the world. God wants us to experience the blessing of prosperity and fruitfulness. I believe God wants Udawa United Methodist Church to be fruitful and to prosper. I believe God wants our church to be fruitful in all of its ministries by having a positive, transforming impact upon children, upon youth, upon adults, upon families, upon our community, and the world around us. I believe God wants what we do to make a difference in the lives of people. I believe God wants us to take from the resources He has blessed us with, sharing those resources with those in need, so that they too can experience the benefit of God's blessings. God wants to see deliverance take place in the community around us. There are people that are hurting. There are people that are struggling. There are people that don't know what to do. And God wants to bless our people through His church. God wants us to experience fruitfulness and prosperity. Listen to this powerful promise that was given to the ancient Hebrews when God called them to obey Him. The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all your undertakings, in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your livestock, in the fruit of your soil, for God will again take delight in prospering you just as he delighted in prospering his ancestors, his people. Gosh, that's beautiful stuff. God takes delight in prospering his people. God takes delight. Now, there's a second part that's imparted to the human beings that God creates here in Genesis chapter 1 that's not seen in the message of blessing to the animals. There's something added. And these are the words that are added. God says, have dominion over. Part of God's blessing for us as human beings, those of us who bear God's image... God has given to us responsibility and care over other parts of creation. Creation isn't to rule us. We are to rule over creation, not in the sense of dominating, taking advantage of, raping creation. No, not even controlling 
creation. But we are to care for and have responsibility to help see that what God has created, we help it to become all that God intends for it to be. We are to rule over creation. That is a part of God's blessing. Now, this powerful passage that comes out of Numbers, uh, that uh, words that you've heard, uh, the, the college where that uh, Callie, my daughter-in-law, my son, and myself, we attended Emory and Henry College, uh, their choir, every time they would end a concert, they would sing that particular passage, May the Lord Bless You Keep You. And I can't help Callie, but every time I hear those words think and hear in my mind the Emory and Henry choir singing, The Lord Bless You and Keep You. Powerful, powerful, powerful passage. But in that passage, again, we see another other parts of blessing is found in Scripture. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Keep you. What's that all about? For God to guard us. For us to be in God's care. For God to give us safety and security. The Lord keep you. A couple of weeks ago, our next to youngest granddaughter uh, was at the house, and Patty kept her for two weeks, uh, for one week, rather. And, and, you know, I will guarantee that Lynn, who is a wonderful mother, the, the, our daughter-in-law, she, she had no fears because she knew that Patty would take care of Lydia Her every need would be taken care of in abundance. She would ensure that she was safe and she was cared for throughout the time she was in our home. That is God's blessing in our life. God keeps you. God keeps your neighbor. God keeps us safe and secure. God is with us. Us. The final element I want to highlight that comes at the end of this priestly blessing, and it says, God says, and give you peace, and give you the Hebrew shalom, and give you peace. You see, in the very fabric of blessing in this good book is the idea of shalom, peace. Shalom is an absence of war between nations, between peoples, between people. It is being at peace with God, being at peace within. This idea of shalom is so deep and so rich and so dense. It also includes our soul being at rest. The world may be falling apart around us, but God's blessing, even in the midst of the world disintegrating, our soul is at rest. It's about wholeness. It's about well-being of life. And this is the blessing that God imparts to us of shalom. Now, all these elements, faithful, fruitfulness, prosperity, rule and responsibility, safety and security, and peace are, vi- are vital. But these are 
contain another part that leads us into something deeper in terms of blessing. Going back to Jeff Anderson, who I mentioned again, him, the blessing and the curse, he writes this. And I want you to listen closely because it takes a little bit to get it. To bless is to convey some kind of benefit, and the focus is less on the benefit itself and more on the life or relationship that's enhanced by the blessing. Now, do you get it? The benefits are important, but it's not about the benefit. It's about the life and relationship that the benefits bring. Prosperity, fruitfulness, peace, being kept safe, these lead to deeper life and relationship with God and one another. Now, when I say to any of you, the Lord bless you, or in signing an email or a note that I send to you, I write, may God bless you richly. I want imparted upon you health and prosperity, healing and grace, deliverance and well-being. I want all those things for you. But even greater than that, that blessing, I want you to experience the fullness of life that God has for you. And I want you to experience the relationship that God makes possible. May the Lord bless you. Now, I have some really good news to share with you. I mean, this is huge. Say it with me. This is huge. Say it with me. This is huge. Now, let's say it like it's huge. Let's try it one more time. This is huge. God's nature is to bless. It is God's nature to bless. God takes pleasure in blessing His creation. God takes blessing in blessing people. God takes blessing in blessing you. That's big stuff. God's nature is to bless. But not only that, God's desire, it's not just His nature, but it is God's desire to bless you and to bless me. God takes pleasure in passing His blessing on to us so that we can experience the well-being of our lives, live fully, and know the fullest relationship with Him possible. God desires to bless you. God wants to bestow upon you fruitfulness and prosperity and rule and responsibility, safety and security, and shalom. Now, I want to tell you, I haven't done justice to this subject this morning. I've given you this much of a subject that more than fills this room. But I hope you get a sense of what it's like. And I hope what you've heard will be like seeds planted in fertile soil of your heart. And you'll say, I really believe that God does want to bless my life, to bless my family, to bless my church, to bless my community, to bless my world. And I hope that we'll open up ourselves to the flow of God's blessing 
and allow God to bless as he wants so that we can experience the fullness of life that God intends and the fullness of relationship that he offers. Let's pray. Lord, today we give you thanks that you are a God who blesses in ways beyond our comprehension. Lord, you give poor blessings upon us that we really can't contain. And Father, we pray now that we would live into those blessings. And Lord, we would become vehicles through which your blessings flow out into the world and back to you. Lord, we pray that you would continue, Lord, to bless us, that we might bless others in Jesus' name. Amen.